Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Bobber You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everyone, this is Go Home Bobby You're Drunk, the only Bible-based podcast that believes women are people. My name is Justin. <laughs> I'm a former pastor, former evangelical, former probably a former Christian. Today, I think I'm a former Christian, uh, mostly because I've been reading a lot of things that Christian men are saying, and I want none of it. <laughs> so, so today, <laughs> I am officially not a Christian. <laughs> so, it may change tomorrow, but for today... I'm abstaining. I have a co-host as well. Mm, hi, yes, I'm Tori. I'm also former evangelical. And today I tweeted that the sec- retweeted that the sexiest thing a man can do is put a millstone around his neck and walk into the sea. So I'm uh, both anti-Christ and anti-man today. But again, it's it's just today. Yeah, can, just for today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anti-Christian, uh, I guess. I'm yeah. not anti-Christ. Christ got to clarify. And Christ was not a man, so it's fine. Oh, also true. This is canon. Yes, yes canon. All right. So what are we talking um, about today? Yeah, God. <laughs> what um, shit are the evangelicals up to this minute? Yeah. So we have we dear listeners, I just got to say Tori and I have have dove deep into the Christian manosphere, which is its own subculture of the manosphere which is somehow darker than the normal manosphere, I think, yeah. a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, and we have come up for air, and we, we have thoughts. So there was, there was uh, you know, a, a kerfuffle, not a kerfuffle, uh, just a, a Twitter thing that, that happened, and it just happened in the broader conversation. There was a couple articles. I feel like there were a couple articles, you know, back-to-back. Old friend of the pod, William Wolf, got involved. or Is it William Wolf? Is that his I name? think that William E. Wolf. I think so. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure. He's blocked me on Twitter. So I don't know um, what he's up to. He's the one that did the case for Christian nationalism. He's got it going. But basically, there was a, a couple of screeds and Twitter threads in the Christian manosphere, basically talking about the evils of feminism and the evils of empathy, and which honestly anymore is just code for the evils of women existing. And and we we read some articles and we have thoughts. And um, what the main article that we read was the article by oh what's his name? Joseph, Joseph Rigney. Joseph Rigney. Master Joseph Rigney. <laughs> yes, Esquire called <laughs> Empathy Feminism and the Church. It's an American reformer. It, I don't think there's ads on this particular article, so you feel free to to read it yourself if you wish. It actually don't because uh, Tori and I both we 
read this article and we read, a, I read a couple other things, read a couple of takes on it. And honestly, I think the word that we used to describe it the most was boring. It's, it's just like, how many ways can you say you don't think women are people? I, I, I don't know. I, it's so it's, it's frustrating and weird. And so, but I, I want to talk about it because I think it's, it's a, we're going to probably take the whole episode to talk about this just because it's an interesting phenomena, like the Christianization of misogyny. And there's plenty of misogyny mm-hmm. in the Bible, to be fair. But there's also women that are apostles in the Bible, too. And there are women who are generals. And there are, there's a, there is a certain amount of gender bendiness in the Bible, like most ancient manuscripts, you know, ancient myths. Myth. So, so it's not like it's not there, mm-hmm. but it's just casually ignored by folks that just would by by men who would just like to think that being a man is the best thing ever and that everyone should just be so excited that they're men. So I have a lot of thoughts, but I want I would like Tori to start us off and and then we'll go from there. Okay, yeah. So uh this this article by American Reformer, which um that that title is very strange. Like it's a little bit it's a little bit too meta for them to even get it, but whatever. In this article, Joe talks about how uh, women should not be ordained because they are evil temptresses. And then he goes on to cite a bunch of random shit like studies that don't have names or or dates or (laughs) authors Mm -hmm. or existence (laughs) as to the extent of our knowledge. We don't know. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it starts off really interesting, right? Because he doesn't, he doesn't actually define empathy as he's using it in this particular article. And so that was kind of my first thought, honestly, was like, maybe we should talk about really quickly when we are saying empathy and when we are saying feminism, like what the fuck we are talking about? Mm -hmm. Because there has been like this sort of intentional and like, this is a really powerful thing to do like politically. So it's, I'm not saying that this is like a tool that shouldn't be used, but there is a very manipulating language is like a very powerful tool. Right. And especially Mm -hmm. for like, oppressors like this is just this is documented history so that was sort of where i wanted to start off because he jumps in here uh and says a number of years ago i kicked up the hornet's nest by highlighting how empathy as understood and practiced in the modern world is dangerous destructive and sinful (laughs) i was like okay but again like what do you mean by this right so he he is saying that his definition of empathy right is well should i read the whole thing because yeah, he, he it, also it his is, definition he, of empathy is weird. He does try to define empathy like a, it's like halfway through the article or something, but it's it's not. Well, there's there's a super short definition in the second paragraph ish. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So this is and we can come back to something in here because y'all are going to catch it immediately. He says, "My basic contention is that running beneath the ideological conflicts surrounding all things in quotes woke parentheses race sexuality abuse." and LGBTQ plus is a common emotional dynamic involving untethered empathy. That is a concern for the hurting and vulnerable that is unmoored from truth, goodness, and reality. So that's like his mini definition in this piece, at least. Yeah. And uh, I left a comment on his little blog and I was like, uh, could you just quickly explain to me? Cause it, you're saying that woke and race and sexuality and abuse are all equally sinful so like what is this what does this mean does this mean that like if someone is black mm-hmm. that's the same as being like someone who kicks dogs <laughs> like 
Yeah. Give me some answers here. Yeah. I'm sure he won't because I'm not white. But this is really, this comes back to something that like I talk about on this show all the goddamn time where he says that empathy is concern that's unmoored from truth, goodness, and reality. Right. Mm -hmm. And the lens that he is using is that he gets to dictate reality to human people women and children you know people he can kick without getting in trouble right yeah that is that's his version of reality and i think it's really fascinating right because he kind of does this thing where he's like god made you feel empathy like it's it's a good thing kind of but also like he sends you to hell for feeling it (laughs) yeah like later on he (laughs) does kind of define empathy a little bit like you know he's like you know, empathy that is vicariously experiencing the emotions of another can be a wonderful thing in its place. And of course, like he gets to defi- he because he's a man and he's tethered to reality in a way that I guess women aren't gets to uh-huh. define what what that context is. So it's Correct. like, yes. you know, empathy is great, but but not anywhere important. Not where it's just not where it's needed. Not where For it's me, actually you're empathizing needed. with me. My suffering is a mm-hmm. white man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, of course. Like you, you can you, the oppressed person, can vicariously experience my struggles, I'm sure. We we literally have to. Like it's all historical literature that you're required to read in this country. Mm-hmm. We have to identify with white men. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. That that's that's good, but I and I that totally ties into like what I'm thinking here, right? Because like I said, I say this all the time, but being able to dictate other people's reality to them mm-hmm. is really interesting. And again, it's like a really, it's a really powerful tool to like manipulate people when you get to tell them, hey, you weren't actually offended by that, right? Mm-hmm. Or you were offended and you were supposed to be offended. Or like you don't, you don't feel that way. Right. I decide yeah. you don't feel that way. I decide you don't feel hurt by your, what was said your, or what was your done. feeling wasn't valid. Like you're exactly, your, exactly. Your experience. Was... I get to decide that your emotional experience isn't valid. And what was really interesting because I read this article this morning, I was trying to get my work done and I like printed out the first page and I was just like, I'm going to light someone's hair on fire. And so I just read the whole thing in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> started out very angry and got bored very fast. Yeah, it's yeah, that that's the thing. It's like it it's it reads like the, oh this is this screed like I'm going to like oh and it, it starts as women's ordination being a problem, you know? Like but it's like it's it the just main meanders. sin that CS Lewis talks about. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, because CS Lewis famously relevant, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. and it's also CS Lewis, I mean I, I didn't track this particular type of thought, but like CS Lewis even like we'll go to like heavyweights like Augustine and even like Thomas Aquinas, like their theology changed over time. Like and as, some as of them does if you're a person, if you're a person, you know, like Martin Luther famously got worse as he got older, but like some people some, get better and some people get better. And so like, like when was this, when were these things you're quoting written? Like would C.S. Lewis, if by some weird, you know, necromancy be resurrected today, like would they agree with this statement even like that? That's always an interesting thing to play with. Like, Oh, this is like, 
like my writings when I was like 19, let's just say I become famous sometime. You could probably find some pretty shitty things that I said, like at a different point in my life. But anyway, that's just a this is this is a great point. Actually, I, I found I found a really old furry Ben Shapiro article like real old blog post. And I was like, Oh, I actually agree with most of what you're saying here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so people change. So what was really interesting for me when I was so I read this article this morning. And then later in the afternoon, I hopped online and I got a post from Allie Henney. And she was talking about how um, she had this really difficult birth experience with her first child. And then an older man at her church who had like many kids, many grandkids, um, was just like an elder in the church, came up to her like the first day she was back with her baby. And I was like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, how to go? Like, what's going on? And she explains, you know, kind of briefly, but like summarizes like, it was a really, I was in a lot of pain. It was a very traumatic experience. It did not go the way that I wanted. I'm still trying to recover, like physically, mm-hmm. obviously, and emotionally. And he kind of does this thing where he's like, no one's ever had a birth that has been as hard as yours. Like no one ever has had and no one ever will have a birth that is as hard as yours and just like mm. kind of walks away. And but that's where this goes, right? Like I get to dictate your reality to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the example that I was thinking of where this becomes weaponized um, is in medicine. Before I read Allie's piece, I was thinking about how like male doctors are like, you don't have cramps. right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're not experiencing pain and having to like deal with that when it's because there, I don't think there's much of a delineation right between like your emotional experience and your physical body. Like you can't have an emotional experience outside of your body, right? So if I get to dictate your emotional experience to you, I also get to dictate to you when you're in pain. Yeah. Right. And that doesn't work. You know, if we're talking about like harm reduction, like that is, that doesn't, work people die when we tell people how they are physically feeling this is Mm -hmm. again documented it's in the data facts don't care about your feelings joe so yeah that was really interesting to me (laughs) but then he kind of immediately goes on to saying like correcting racism is a worse sin than racism because obviously and like because it makes me feel bad uh, and how dare you make me feel bad like right like i'm i'm right I'm I'm mm-hmm. right. I'm doing the right thing. He quotes somebody else that he doesn't name saying empathy is a power tool in the hands of the sensitive. Yeah, I I remember reading and that. I and I that was, was like, interesting. I mean, first off, that actually sounds kind of badass. Like, like, yeah, it should be a power tool for people that are like that. Yes. Like, yes, people that are more sensitive and more tuned into others emotions like Mm-hmm. should have some kind of lever to pull to be like, hey, y'all, like, you need to fucking listen. Like, that's mm-hmm. actually not like, but yeah, of course, he's using it pejoratively, like, right, you know, and, and again, using the term sensitive, like people that are sensitive are somehow yeah. to be feared and somehow to not be listened to. And, and like, why? Because because they get in your way, because they make life hard, because they make you feel a sad and you don't know how to process that because you've been conditioned <sighs> not to. Like, that sounds like a you problem, Joe. Well, and it's really, it's really interesting because it, you know, it infers, I can infer from this, and it feels like he's implying that like power tools are only to be used by people who are not sensitive, Mm -hmm. right? You're not, sensitive people are not supposed to have, empathetic people are not supposed to have power tools. Those are for me and my Mm -hmm. kind, you know? Yeah. Which again, it's just like, 
when so when he's talking about this empathy being concerned for the hurting and vulnerable that's unmoored from truth, goodness, and reality, there can't be any truth in telling people what their reality is and dictating to people what their reality is because you don't listen to them, right? So so you are you're a liar. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so again, like you don't you don't get to define the words here. If you're gonna like just slap around random definitions, no, like you're you're not. We're not gonna let you do that. Like that's not okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was so that it was off to a great great start. And so I was kind of like fuming, but then he just gets really boring really quickly. It does make some some. I have I have many thoughts though on other things. Yeah. That he so. Says. He like he basically is like, I've been talking about this women's ordination being a problem and feminism being a problem for years. And then he kind of punts to this like, I, I don't know, this controversy in Carolina thing he brings up. You know, basically there was a yeah. there was a speech given by Friar Father Robinson. I don't care. Like basically talking about critical theory as the being it and being antithetical to the gospel. Of course, I imagine this particular talk gave no good definition of critical theory, but just lumped mm-hmm. everything possible, all the isms, liberalism, Marxism, feminism. They're all just queerism. I don't know, whatever, like, um, <laughs> like it's all, you know, uh, racism was not mentioned as something that was bad, but they're, they're all, you know, you know, basically like, and, and, and part of this, like his, this overall point was that feminism was the gateway drug into destroying the church, destroying everything. And well, yeah, the gateway, yeah, like, <laughs> like this, this was the pill they slip into your drink and, you know, then just take your church away. <laughs> I don't okay. know. So like that's that's, you know, a, a Trojan horse, a cancer. Like he's just very like, you know, visceral language to describe women's ordination. And and for those that may know, like women's ordination, basically, can women be pastors? Like that's, that's the, the question, the mm-hmm. central question that just kicked off this whole thing. You yeah. know, and he, and he tries to summon C.S. Lewis and, you know, whatever. So he tries to summon. I love this. You know, like <laughs> he went to a witch. Know, like. It is one of those things. It's like I, I, I'm trying to make a point. Can I find a way C.S. Lewis made this point? Uh, you know, that'll make it better. <sighs> yeah, like so. C.S. Lewis. This is just a funny quote. Like goddesses have, of course, been worshipped. Many religions have had priestesses, but they are religions quite different in character from Christianity. Like, <laughs> and this is a bad thing. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, we we need religions that are quite different from Christianity. No, we all need to be exactly the same. Justin, come on, get with it. Mm. This this part kind of like honestly this part kind of bugged me cuz he's talking like the the it was a nitpicky thing, but I was still just like, guys, come on if you're going to be if you're going to like die on the hill of like marxism, liberalism and feminism. Please don't say that like if you're talking about critical theory, like please don't like anti-racism as praxis is way fucking older than Marx. Marx did mm-hmm. not create anti-racism, <laughs> bro. Yeah. So anyway, but they don't actually care about, you know, how or when things happened. And then he goes into like this long, yeah. So he goes back to this long quote from this father Robinson or whatever, where he says, generally speaking, men tend to be more theologically rigid, whereas women tend to be more theologically flexible. And I'm like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, please define I'm, these terms. I this, don't. Yeah. 
I'm like, it, you're universalizing theology in this weird gendered way that like just doesn't, I don't know. It was very, very strange. Uh, Robinson goes on. This is because men, uh, this is because men do not have the emotional intelligence of women. We are more black and white. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And Again, you're stating this as a positive thing. Well, okay. Right. So can we just like really quickly, like I just, for me, I'm like, I got to pull put on my neuroscience hat for just a second. Father, Friar, Mm -hmm. Robinson, whoever the fuck you are. No, you're not. Okay. You cannot tell a male brain from a female brain by looking at a brain scan. You Mm -hmm. can't do it. If you have put in like, I know this is a trope, right? But if you put in like your 10,000 hours of looking at fucking brain scans, you will get three out of every 10 correct if you are trying to gender them. Statistically. You you, like you can be an absolute expert and you cannot tell the difference between male and female brains in most people. So I thought the dishwashing part about, of the brain like, was bigger in women. <laughs> okay. So this is, that's the, okay. Right. Exactly. So what we're talking about here, we're talking about brain structures and brain connectivity. Yes. Those develop differently, but again, that's impacted by culture, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, even if you're looking at brain scans of like a white evangelical man, a white evangelical like Christian man in the US and like an Indian evangelical Christian man in India, like even that's not going to correlate, right? Because they're different fucking cultures, you know? And so there's different emphasis being put on different types of things within like the category of masculinity in different contexts. This isn't, this isn't complicated. He's, you know, so he's talking about this, like, it's just like men are from Mars, women are from Venus type bullshit. And I like I wrote in the notes, I was like, this is a conclusion in search of evidence. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, it's just like that. And that's like, so much of I'm finding evangelicalism is and in a lot of just Western being a manness is all vibes. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's, it's all like, if I can state it confidently, maybe even cleverly, if I can use a little bit of a contrast, like men are more theologically rigid, women are more theologically flexible, like, then, you know, people will just buy it. And that's, and it's, and it's, it's like this, there's, again, there's no research cited, there's no, like, and, and also, like, what does theologically rigid and flexible even mean? Like, they, you know, and, and he describes women, like, women tend to be more inclusive, they're more empathetic, like, and, and, and it's aside from the fact that I know women that are not inclusive and not empathetic. <laughs> and I know, <laughs> totally. and I know quite a few women that are very black and white in their thinking. So like, but you can see how he says that you can see how that might be a problem when a group is claiming to be an oppressed minority. I love how, again, the, the subtle, like claiming to be an oppressed minority, that subtle, like mm-hmm. you're not actually oppressed. Anyway, so we don't have group is, laws against you or anything. Yeah. They're claiming to be a oppressed minority and the thing preventing them from attending church are the cruel doctrines and regressive scriptures we follow, which empath wouldn't want to compromise in order to make a so-called oppressed minority feel included. So he's basically saying like, you know, people, women, not not people, sorry, women um, <laughs> are more inclined to include people and be more like and and let doctrines you know slip and so they can't be in leadership i guess you know (laughs) 
I mean, can I just say as like a non-white person who's like socialized female growing up in church, I don't think this is true. I grew up in white yeah. churches mostly. Uh, women are not more inclusive. No. They're not. <laughs> no. Sorry, that was just my experience. But since all we're doing is like throwing out anecdotes, figured I'd toss mine in too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I also should say, just sorry, we're going to define this. This is this is an Anglican kind of thing, and mm. so when I say evangelical, I might not always fit. Uh, roughly, I don't know, roughly half of Anglicans in the United States also identify as evangelical but i just feel like just to be more clear ah yes okay but conservative certainly and it, it's kind of it kind of becomes its own self-eating ball of yarn after a while <laughs> um so like you know and and again it's like you know you know women in he's like women in general are more empathetic than men and and it's that is a god's given blessing and they you know and he this is where he starts his whole like complementarian angle like you know empathy is great mm-hmm. it's what women are good at uh it just means they're also disqualified from leadership <laughs> okay okay right tracking i'm mm-hmm. just like he he quotes this person that i don't know who quotes this research that is just called research tm i guess so uh, the Abigail research Dodds. the research is the article links to an article written on desiringgod.org the research that's the research yes oh this, I'm, sorry. This I'm, woman, I'm just gonna go down the whole link ahead. hole here sorry oh okay okay all the way back so so she also says god's gift to women research shows we're gonna go to a newsroom.ucla.ed do you okay and when others are in pain women's brains show more empathy that's the research conclusion i guess okay. which again like i don't really want to read the whole thing um magnet you know fmri scans so, da, 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 da. so it's just it's so what it's saying i don't have to look at this to know what it's saying <laughs> it's yeah saying there's an abstract here there. yeah go ahead Right. So, no, basically what you do is you put somebody into, you put different people of different genders into MRI machines, and then you show them photos, right, of of people experiencing pain. And I like the some of the data shows like, like certain groups of people respond certain ways to seeing other people like them or unlike them, which mm-hmm. I don't know if this particular study delineates experiencing pain and like what parts of your brain light up and they kind of track like, okay, this is the part of the brain that typically lights up for most people when they are feeling empathetic. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And so like, yeah, that's real. It's different for all kinds of people. It's like that same data also shows that white people don't feel empathy for black people if they see black people in pain. So like, no, (laughs) Um. So we should also say equally that white people don't feel black people's pain like that. That that would easily go. And this into is this a God given feature. This, it's a yeah, God given feature, yes. according to this article, mm-hmm. the God given feature. And this is why white people should lead because they feel less empathy than black people. Um, <laughs> it's the same fucking logic. Like that's what doesn't make it is. Sense. It's exactly the same logic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this is really very odd, right? Like this, this article that this apparently desiring God article, is that what we're saying this is? Um, A woman who is sensitive. She writes a woman who is sensitive to the feelings of others, especially their pain will be a sort of first responder. She's able to move toward the hurting. Most first responders are men. Also, 
is she able to move toward the hurting? And is ability the same as doing that thing? Like this is a very white framework that he's that he's using here. It's a very white, very yeah, evangelical, very 1957, if you will. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Yikes. and it's it's one of those things like women are great at empathy because God made them that way because fMRI scans prove it or whatever. But like. <laughs> He's, it's you like, know, you don't believe in fMRI scans. Unless they give us the results that we want and we interpret it poorly. So, but then he's like, well, what's a blessing in one place? Women being more empathetic is a curse in another. Like, you know. Like penises. True. True. Um, <laughs> just saying. Yeah, no, I, I, I just, I do want to point out that like fMRI scans prove that trans people exist. So get fucked with your research, lady. Like, mm-hmm. no, you don't get to just pick and choose like this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's what I wrote. I, when it says crucially, however, what is a blessing in one place is a curse in another. And I wrote like penises, question mark. True. Because <laughs> this doesn't talk about rape at all and like he really should if he's talking about men needing to accumulate more power he should really be talking about the abuses of the power Mm -hmm. that happen because like if you don't talk about the safety features and people don't use the safety features and like people get hurt this is just like a thing we know i thought that was really really strange more women in leadership we might not have the problems we have yeah yeah it's true um you know he like the argument essentially is just one of power, right? Like we have a right to power because God and because penises and you have to be okay with that. And so to me, if somebody is advocating for the accumulation of power or saying I have a right to power because of whatever, uh, you know, the divine right of kings or whatever the fuck you're mm-hmm. talking about. The divine right, right of depending dicks on the is century. what it comes down to. <laughs> the divine right of dicks. I love this. Yeah, that if you're if you're talking about power and you're not talking about responsibly using your power, then you're just talking about like you're giving yourself more potential to abuse people. You are saying I don't need any accountability. I don't have to be responsible for any of this. Like he doesn't look at all. He doesn't examine in any way shape or form the harms that come from men having like this unmitigated power. It's mm-hmm. just like you have we have to have it because God, that's at the end. So to me, like if like any tool that you are trying to accumulate and you are not even willing to acknowledge that all tools need to have safety features, like period. You cannot mm-hmm. all because all tools can be abused. All tools can cause harm, right? There is not a mm-hmm. tool that you cannot use to hurt someone if that's what you decided to do. Power is like at the very top of that list. So to not even have any boundaries around, like, where where does the power stop? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And okay. I, I, I'll mention this, and I think we should punt to a break, but it's like, like, the article is framed, like the, like, the picture that they use with the article is a picture of a statue of Perseus beheading Medusa. So it's like, like, already it kind of sets you up a little bit with violent imagery. Like, mm-hmm. and... People pointed out online that like Medusa famously in mythology was a rape victim, like mm-hmm. that was punished for being an ungrateful rape victim uh, or being raped in the wrong place. Um, so, you know, so it's like, yeah, again, it's like if you want if you think that you deserve to have power 
where are the safety features? Like, what are what are you talking about to make sure that you aren't causing harm, mm-hmm. right? And that just they they've doubled down on the whole like we will destroy feminism, we will eradicate it, we will behead feminism. Like, you that's... can't kill an idea, bro. I really, I was like, I'm not going to waste my time <laughs> text texting. I don't have his fucking number. I'm not going to yeah. waste my time tweeting William Wolf. But I was like. People have tried to kill ideas for a long time, my man. Mm-hmm. Good you luck. Keep trying, you know. But it's <laughs> I guess this casual use of violent imagery, like because I don't know, because it feels makes you feel good. I don't know. So yeah, we will continue down this weird rabbit hole of why Christian men hate women. Um, but I don't know that we're going to come to a conclusion per se. But I think it's a it's it's an interesting thing to analyze and also just kind of even to analyze in myself like times where I was like, oh, shit, I was an evangelical man. But mm-hmm. so we're gonna take a quick capitalism break and then we'll get back and we'll do. Um, yeah, we'll talk about this some more. So we'll be back. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for hanging in with the little capitalism break that we are taking. If you would like to skip the ads, you are more than welcome to do that. You just go to patreon.com slash go home Bible and sign up at any tiers and you will get the episode a little bit early. Sometimes most of the time depends on what we're going through that week. And also <laughs> no ads. Uh, so you don't have to listen to people speak to you in Spanish about you know, Maybelline or Ford trucks or what all of my ads are in Spanish now, which I actually love. So <laughs> patreon.com slash go home Bible. You can also, whether you can do that or not, if you would be so kind as to leave a five-star review with a nice written word or two, that also makes a big difference because the algorithm loves words and stars. And so if we have words and stars, the algorithm loves the show, which is wonderful. Yeah. We need, although the- I do have to say, algorithm to smile upon us to love us uh scott (laughs) scott told me when he's in town a couple of weeks ago he was like go home bible is my favorite show and i was just like okay i'm doing the whole show for scott now (laughs) yes for scott (laughs) yeah i'm like this is i'm like i feel really good about this so uh thanks scott for saying that you are a wonderful human and i'm excited to see you in a couple weeks for content warning (laughs) which uh, is oh, our segue. fun event that is happening in Portland coming up very soon. President's Day weekend, uh, February 17th and 18th. We are going to be getting together, talking about what it looks like to move forward from purity culture. I think a lot of us have spent time in the deconstruction space, kind of really grieving and doing a lot of self-discovery. And so we wanted to create a space to ask questions about like, what does it look like to move on from here? What does it look like to thrive? What does it look like to advocate for consent, right? Uh, in, in a culture that is really not into that. So we would love for you to join us doing it here in Portland, Oregon. Um, you can also join us online if you are so inclined. There are still tickets available. You can go to contentwarningevent.com if you would like to check those out. Or if you need shoot us an email i will remind justin to check our email box and sometimes it doesn't always happen this is not not hating on justin at all this is we don't get that many emails so there's not really a reason who, to check it that often who enjoys <laughs> email, want to email us. that's true although we do from time to time get really kind messages from people we do so. very much so and we appreciate them yes uh Once so every six if you months. want to email us uh, that's- yeah <laughs> go home bible at gmail.com 
super simple. All of all of the things are just go home Bible, you guys. It's the Patreon. It's the email address. It's our Instagram. It's our Twitter. All the things. So very easy. We're very easy to find. Did I do all of the things? You did. Um, I think I did amazing. all the things. If you're wherever you're at, clap. Thank you. Uh, it was great. Um, <laughs> so, um, whew. Now, I feel like I'm. I, I want to say more only because I don't want to dive back into this fucking article. And and well, you want to do banter so that you can avoid the article. I kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> and we banter. Oh, you know, we're we're get we're getting through it. We're getting through it. We are. It. We're getting through it. So it, it's it, here's where it gets interesting, I think, from a because okay, we we he's made this case, he's propped up his buddy, whatever, Father Robinson, whatever, and he's you know, summoned C.S. Lewis to the chat now and, and also and science too, apparently. Um <laughs> Some science. Some, it's the whites only entrance for science that he yes, has summoned. Yes. The, the whites only science. Um, <laughs> God damn. Oh man. It's just called phrenology, you guys. You don't you don't have to use the long name. You yeah. don't have to use its government name. You can just call it phrenology. Yeah. <laughs> so now he's gonna actually use bib- his biblical arguments to, you know to really bring it home. And it's, his, cool. it's an interesting way that he goes about it. Number one, I will say Jesus has not mentioned a single fucking time in this article. Not at all. Not even alluded to like, not at all. Cause I mean, honestly, to most evangelical manosphere, evangelical men, Jesus is too much of a pussy. Like I'm just that that's, mm-hmm. that's they, they yeah. wouldn't say that, but they think it. Mm-hmm. So that's what it comes down to. So, because Jesus had empathy for oppressed groups of people, but women and, and women too. Like <laughs> Jesus was not a breadwinner; he was funded by women. The so-called bread. Oh my gosh, the so-called oppressed groups like women. Jesus yeah. had empathy for, but he doesn't care. Joe doesn't care about that shit. No, he doesn't. I mean, and so, so he's basically is like you know, women, people with empathy. But I don't know are you know they will entice you to be empathetic towards them to treat them with kindness or whatever and we shouldn't do that because the the god says in deuteronomy that you you shall not yield to them you shall not listen you shall not pity them you shall not spare them you know like it's probably completely out of context i haven't looked up the context of deuteronomy here but it's like like you know so for people that commit murder and you know lie in court you know in such cases you shall not pity them so like okay so in this random verse in Deuteronomy, God says, don't pity people. Therefore, men should lead because men are don't pity people. I don't like make it make sense. It's 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 shitty exegesis. Like even even for mm-hmm. an evangelical, this is a shitty biblical argument. Like it's not good. Like you I'll just say it. Joe, you suck as a biblical theologian. Like you're bad at this. You should stop. So anyway, I'll I'll continue because it's like I again, I'm not like a Bible believing Christian anymore, but I do have a respect for this book. And at least in the sense of the power that it has over our culture and our society and the world that we live in. So like fucking use it right. Like, please, like or at least Mm -hmm. respectfully, like, like, I don't know, like use it at least in the way that 
that most people agree exegesis should be done, not just like, well, it says don't pity. And uh, the opposite of empathy is, is not pitying someone. So uh, God wants men in charge. Like you're dumb. You're stupid. Um, (laughs) And I'm only engaging with this because so many people were like, yeah, this is amazing. Highly relevant for leadership and governance in the church. You know, this, uh, you know, empathy and pity are a liability, not an asset, according to God. And that one stupid verse that he probably doesn't even understand the context of. And then he talks about Moses coming down from the mountain and, you know, like, you know, being pissed at people. And, you know, so Mm -hmm. anyway, whatever. So in other words, be mad for Jesus. No, that's not what he says. Um, Scripture is can teach both by precept. And anyway, I'm not even going to get into this. Just basically like that is the empathetic sex. Um, that's what he says. The, he refers to women as the mm. empathetic sex is ill suited to the ministerial office. And thus women's ordination is indeed a watershed issue. Like all this is just to say women shouldn't be able to preach and teach, which is mm-hmm. just it, it, you're not even making good. He can't use Jesus, honestly, or much of the New Testament because Jesus like kind of famously palled around with women and Paul for all his faults kind of famously referred to women as apostles. So they can't really use the new Testament for any of their shit. They have to like mm-hmm. use these vague, not good references to like prop up their misogyny, legal, like, to legal proceedings in yeah. court. Yeah. That your, don't apply. Your misogyny is so bad. The Bible doesn't even back you up. Like that's, <laughs> that's bad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is literally I was like, this is a conclusion in search of evidence. Like, mm-hmm. that's all we're doing here right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God, I know. I know there were some there's I had so many thoughts about that part. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to like try to try to get through this because I'm like, you're you're applying this wrong, right? It, like you're he's going and saying talking about the Moses thing when Moses comes down from the mountain and says to the Israelites, like, who's on the Lord's side? Come to me. And then the sons of Levi went to Moses and Moses tells them, go kill everybody. Uh, They don't kill everybody, by the way. Uh, But they do go to and fro through the camp, killing their brothers, companions, and neighbors. They were not supposed to pity those who had committed evil, which worshiping a gold cow that could not have possibly looked like a cow because they were in the middle of the fucking desert. Yeah. And also, to be (laughs) clear, they were worshiping God, like Yahweh God. They just made a calf to help them do it. Like, that's... Uh, yes. Thank you for saying that. An important thing to remember. Yeah. No, monotheism was not a thing for these people. That wasn't mm-hmm. a concept. They didn't... No. That was not a construct that existed. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, Justin, for making that really great historical point that I forgot to make. <laughs> um, but, yeah, somehow the Levites going around and killing people means that men... Are in charge. That feels like an overreaction to me. <laughs> it does. Women never kill anybody, so women can't be in charge. No. Again, like this logic. What is with this logic, man? <sighs> um, <laughs> yeah, but he's just like doing all of these random. He's doing all of this shit about like pulling stuff out of Deuteronomy and numbers to like back up that have nothing to do with whatever biblical 
manhood or whatever language they're using right now. Like doesn't have anything to do with that. You're, you're again, like kind of grasping at straws here. Mm -hmm. Something that I thought was really interesting, you know, like he says that the, the urge to like act in preservation of, of women is a good thing. Uh, he says the masculine impulse to protect women is good and noble. Men are taught from a young age. Don't he don't hit girls, treat them differently than the boys. This is again, really interesting because this is the same kinds of people who are cheering this on are also saying that like marital rape doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So don't hit girls, but you can fuck them whenever you feel like it because God, uh, okay, what? No. Um, so then he's like basically implying that women are entering into the boxing ring by participating in society, I guess. And so men don't want to beat them up when they participate in society because it's not fair to them. And so then women just get to come and like walk all over everybody. Mm -hmm. And he quotes Lewis again for some fucking reason who says battles are ugly when women fight. To which bro adds, this is true, not merely a physical war. What the fuck are you talking about, my dude? But also of ideological and theological battles. Well, Tori, I don't know so if you knew this, but when, but when men engage in like hand-to-hand -hand combat and war, it's typically like a pretty like um, calm affair. Very reasoned, very it's dispassionate. It's beautiful. Uh, beautiful even, mm -hmm. yes. But when yeah. women fight, ugh, it's just ugly. Yeah, because yeah, they're doing it with their emotions. Men don't have those. Yeah, like and and again, it's it it's 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 this weird like because yeah, he talks about almost like good men will be deceived by women in their desire to help them. So like you know he talk, he not like, get hit. Yeah, not get hit. So like. So even if a woman is wrong, a man will leap to her defense, you know, and be deceived. It's just, again, it's like this whole, like, women are objects or foils for men. Like, <laughs> men are the actors in the world and women mm -hmm. are the objects. Mm -hmm. Like, like mm -hmm. that's, that is through that, this whole damn thing. Like, you know, and, and, and men, men are helpless. You know, but they're also then why great are you leaders. This? Like, yeah, like that's, you know, and again, I, I just want to go back to his biblical metaphors. Like, all of them are men getting super emotional and killing people. Like, that's, like, again, that's his, that's his, well, that's his big go to like ideological biblical precedent is like these men went out and killed people. Therefore, you know, like that makes women them aren't good. People. You know, like and and they also killed women. Therefore, like, women can't lead. Uh huh. Uh huh. Women can't lead because when men get emotional, they kill people. I don't know. Um, it make it make sense. And it's just so awful that this he Robinson guy it. got disinvited from conferences for making this terrible argument. So I'm going to make these arguments on the internet. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where it's like they say intentionally inflammatory stuff, like they want to get a rise out of people. Then they're like, oh, my God, can you believe how these people reacted? Like, calm the fuck down. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, uh, but that's you wanted a reaction. You wouldn't have used that language if you didn't want a reaction. God, <sighs> he something that was really interesting. Again, he like falls back on these like these tropes about like 
Male groups operate according to male norms. That is not a static thing, my friend. You are deceived. I don't know what. Read a book. Mm -hmm. Listen to a podcast. I don't know what to tell you. Male norms, not a static thing. Just not. Sorry. Male norms have changed in the 40 years I've been alive. Like, yes. Like, they haven't been. Drastically in the last 80 years. Yes. Totally. Like, and very drastically in the last 80 years. Like during during the let me just I'm sorry during the Victorian era do it men were the ones perceived to be as not sexual and not wanting sex and women were the ones that were like the wanton sex pots that will just like drop their panties at like the sight of a man's ankle or something you know like like it was it was like that's how it was viewed and then now it's like oh no it's men that can't control mm-hmm. themselves you know it's it's like that like even mm-hmm. just the views of what our sexuality is and how we express it has changed in the last 100 years like that's yeah that's just the way like, it completely works completely reversed yeah in the like, last 100 years mhm yeah mm, boy oh boy um so like god it, to tell me that these things are static is like you like maybe they are in your very tiny subculture of this very tiny subculture of you know like i don't know and also like the whole like willing to debate challenge and provoke one another directly and comfortable with hierarchy i'm sorry i'm a man and i will i will fight you over hierarchy for sure like i'm not comfortable with hierarchy like <laughs> You're like, what are you describing? Oh, I'm comfortable a pack with it because of... I'm on top. Yeah, like, come on. Like, dude, he's using these weird, like, like alpha wolf things, you know, which was only, like, a thing that was discovered, quote unquote, in, like, wolves of separate packs in, like, captivity, like, would fight each other for dominance. Yeah. Like, not in nature. That's not mm-hmm. how that, there aren't, alpha no. male isn't a thing. <laughs> I have major thoughts about this next sentence, though, Justin. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, because he's like, male groups, he's, so he says male groups are willing to debate, challenge, and provoke one another directly and are comfortable with hierarchy. Sorry, if you're at the top of the hierarchy, I don't give a fuck if you're comfortable or not. Mm-hmm. But then he goes, female groups of, of what? penguins the dogs Mm -hmm. like what are you talking about be specific Mm -hmm. female groups operate according to female norms again as justin just pointed out which have completely reversed in the last like 120 years so no Mm -hmm. uh but whatever female groups are oriented uh operate according to female norms oriented to people or feelings and then he says prone to indirect and subtle communication and sublimated conflict Nope. And averse to open disagreement and overt hierarchies, but comfortable with excluding those who violate their social norms. Okay, so I don't know if you know this, Joe, but your grandpa hit your grandma, which is why she didn't say things directly and tried to be fucking subtle. Mm-hmm. Because women get murdered every day in this country by their husbands and their boyfriends and their partners and millions of women are stuck in situations that they cannot leave because they don't have the means to do so. So yeah, sorry, since again, you're not talking about like domestic violence, which the accumulation, the the unchecked accumulation of of male power, hello, like domestic, that domestic violence is just the result of that, right? Like you don't 
mention sexual assault, even though men do 99.999% of that. Uh, and, and typically in male like, groups. So put that in your hat and yeah, smoke it. Yeah. Like, um, unfortunately, yes. Uh, things aren't looking great for you, my guy. This is really interesting, right? Because he admits that it's a generalization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then he goes, for our purposes, it's important to note that mixed groups, again, penguins, what are we talking about? Uh, will inevitably tend to adopt female norms. Not a thing. Female norms are not Female a norms thing. aren't a thing. And I've, I've been in plenty get- of groups Ugh. of men and women where like people... What, what did he say? Debate, challenge, and provoke each other directly. And like, that's, <laughs> yes. And I've been in mixed groups where Women. people were pretty fucking indirect. Like, it. it. Mm. hmm. Yeah. Um, so he's talking about Western female norms in the last like 75 years ish. Like, that's, that's mm-hmm. what he's referring to, which in the grand scheme of things doesn't fucking register. <laughs> like, Again, if this were some universal thing, then it would look the same for people of other cultures, and it doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the places that it looks the most the same are places that experienced colonization, where you told people, behave like men or women, or we murder you, or cut your hands off, or whatever. So that's not really a choice. But it's also not really, like, human nature, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's not... It's not that because, like, if it were natural, people would just do it and you wouldn't have to murder them for not mm-hmm. being man the right way. Yeah. Anyway, and and here's the wild thing. Like, like we, and we yeah, we, I, I don't want to park on this for too long, but it's like he says the unsurprising result often unexpressed in public, but noted in private among men is a frustration at the unfairness of the asymmetry of the mixed group. I'm sorry, but it is plenty expressed in public how unfair it is that we just can't hit women. Like, you know, like that's like that's like, I'm sorry, uh-huh. like, you know, oh, we just can't speak our minds anymore. We can't just like I'm just asking questions like like, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you, you all whine on the Internet constantly about like how empathy just is awful. So whatever. But, you know, and then he kind of moves. On. I'm just gonna move on. Like, because it's he talks about like, basically like how like now we have to identify this battle in our, you know, context and how the Southern Baptist Convention is fighting for female pastors and, you know, all this other things and how it's just, you know, it's just they're everywhere that women wanting to preach everywhere. And I don't know how we need to. I don't know. This is really interesting, again, because um, like the amount of of sexual abuse that takes place in churches that only allow men to be in leadership. Mm-hmm. That's some interesting data he might mm-hmm. want to look at. You know, just just a thought, but it's it's a natural like sexual abuse is a natural part of that kind of hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Like Which again, that, he doesn't fucking mention it. Yeah, and and honestly, and honestly, like. That statement that you made has way more research to back it up than <laughs> than anything he said. Anything he has said so far, like, and that's and that's the the frustrating thing about trying to even engage with folks is like the facts do not matter. Like it's mm-hmm. all vibes. The mm-hmm. the Bible doesn't matter. 
it's all vibes. The like history doesn't matter. Like your favorite theologian doesn't matter. Like it's entirely based on vibes and memes and like just my confident feelings. Like he, he says this, like, you know, that's like the, that's the, like, and, and that's where I'm like, this is, this is just dumb. Like, and, and the, he just vomits all over the page and this, this kind of shit's going on in local churches all the time where it's just word vomit of the guy's feelings Mm -hmm. who claims he doesn't feel. Mm -hmm. And I, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Like the most dangerous person in the room is the person that says they're unemotional. Like. Mm-hmm. Because that just means they do not feel or they are not aware of their emotions. They're not like, capable of recognizing their emotions. Which they is are definitely terrifying. being driven and controlled by those emotions entirely. Mm-hmm. But they are unaware. And that that to me is where it's like, and that, that that's honestly a tragedy of being a man, I think, in a Western context. Mm. It's like it's not that we don't have emotions. Yeah. We just are You're never not taught to use them. We were, yeah, we're never taught to allow them to guide us. We're never, and so like all we feel is anger, but it's like, there's so many other emotions that are under the surface. Like the only one we're allowed to feel right. or per- the only one we're permitted to perceive is anger, mm-hmm. but it's not like the other ones aren't there. So whatever bullshit this guy is, the, you know, go to therapy, my man, like, or if you can't <laughs> afford therapy, like, I don't know, just stop, just sit, I don't know, with your thoughts, like touch grass like actually observe nature you'll probably see a lot of things that really blow your mind justin justin come on now nature and scripture speak with one voice he says so right in this piece respectfully (sighs) um either the earth is a globe or it's a disc that sits at god's feet which one is it it's both at the same time. It's mm-hmm. the Trinitarian theory of Earth We're, shape. Yeah. Or so it's both. It's like yeah. flat and round at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. The, tr- the Earth is also a trinity. It's like the states of matter. <laughs> of shapes. Yes. Oh, God. This is, yeah. So no, in a way of speaking, is, uh... we're both right. But I'm more right because I'm a <laughs> man. <laughs> Oh, God, I fucking love this. I just, I can't, like, nature and scripture speak with one voice. Like, no, the Bible says that insects have four legs and, like, lungfish exist, in case you were wondering about evolution. And, um, yeah, lots of animals have sex with themselves because there are no sexes in that particular species. Everybody Mm -hmm. comes with both parts. I don't know. Is this what nature is telling me and scripture is wrong? Or scripture just, you know... 3,000 years old and they just didn't know some shit and And that's actually fine if you're not going to worship the fucking book but yeah and Jurassic Park caught me that some frogs are trans so like like it's because they're drinking the water man yeah so (laughs) so yeah it gets even more nonsensical because he talks about the the you know basically like egalitarianism being terrible and now it's the path to liberalism this is his this is his slippery slope. Let me just, let me just how. Oh yeah, this is, is a good one. The, that the slippery slope of feminism is a one-way train with four stops, often represented by the four books that someone on the train could write. Stop number one. I'm not that kind of complementarian. Complementarian meaning for those that maybe not know, 
is basically what this guy is, which is a that the the sexes are meant to complement each other. So women are meant to serve, men are meant to lead, and that complements. So bullshit. But anyway. So stop number one, I'm not that kind of complementarian. Stop number two, I'm neither complementarian nor egalitarian. Egalitarian being the, you could just be whatever the fuck you want, regardless of your parts. And then stop number three, I am egalitarian. And then stop number four, sodomy is cool. Okay, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't I don't understand this slippery slope at all. Um, <laughs> it, the, the logic didn't follow at all. So anyway. <laughs> Oh, man, I think it's because you're deceived. Yeah, right? it's because I'm like deceived. This is kind of fun. I mean, yeah, like sodomy is cool, actually. But um, I, I, yeah, not not that you'll ever know. Um, that was to Joe, not to Justin, for anyone yeah. listening. He was confused. <laughs> Perhaps one day I'll know. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just I this is really your this is just like, OK, I just rolled my eyes, honestly, when I got when I got to this part, cause I was like, okay, it was, it was like, for me, at least it was like the official, like you're just listening to yourself talk, mm-hmm. man. Like that is all that is happening here. You like the sound of your own voice a lot, uh, more than God, I think. And, um, yeah, it's really, it's really interesting, right? Cause he calls this, he calls a slippery slope a cancer, which I, I guess that's how cancer, cancer is a slippery slope, right? Yeah. Um, I, uh, he no, likes cancer. He enjoys he cancer as a he metaphor. He does. Like, uh, he also likes dick. He just doesn't know it. And this is not me saying, oh, you're a homophobe. So you're also like secretly gay that's not what i'm that's not what i'm saying i'm like mm-hmm. he's very repressed and he's, didn't have any experiences as a younger person he's and now he's mad into- about it and has to write angry screeds on the internet about how nobody can have conversations anymore you know there are nazis mm-hmm. on the street corner but you can't talk about stuff with men anymore because people with lady parts might be in the room and they're not required to disclose that to you before they're within a hundred feet of you or a school. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, it's, it's just, it's very, <laughs> it's very strange, but he, yeah, it's just, you know, the things that I think that, that like the things that we hate are obviously like tell us a lot about who we are as people. Mm-hmm. That's what I will say. And I think that he doesn't use any kind of like a consistent framework. I mean, we talked about this when we recorded with, with Megan that like, the Bible is not a good basis for a sexual ethic. It's not a consistent basis for a sexual ethic. That's why it's not good. It is a library. It is a collection of books. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like he he is going through like, because Justin, like you and I go through this stuff and we start clicking through like all of the questions that we ask when somebody makes a statement. We, you know, and I think probably all neurodivergent people go like, are you sure about that? Right. And you have like a list of things that you kind of go through. Right. And so like, as I'm reading this, I'm going through my, like, does this agree with the Bible more broadly than just like the couple of verses you cherry picked? Not really. Like you said, he's doing pretty terrible theology. here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does this agree with science? Like he cites some research. The one piece of research that he cites from a woman uh, is the only one that I think is right. <laughs> <laughs> it actually has like science science behind it but um you know again it's still cherry picked because you're not really telling the whole story about like the dynamics like the power dynamics like power dynamics is another lens that i use like i use the lens of 
history and not just like the past 75 years of like a historical like nonsense that they're preaching preaching oh my god just a preaching in florida teaching in florida teaching in florida schools not preaching in florida schools yeah. and like <laughs> same same but also like again and we talked about this but like using a jesus lens does this does what this man is saying agree with jesus like i'm a fucking atheist and i still use a jesus lens mm-hmm. like i just do I don't have like, I, I don't know. I don't have like a Muhammad lens to use. So, and yeah. my, and my, I don't know, Abraham Moses lens is anti-Semitic. So I'm trying to get rid of it because I was raised in that garbage and, and shouldn't be using anti-Semitic lenses, you know? And my Buddhist lens is kind of appropriative. So like, right. I try not to use that one. Like my Native American lens. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but again, my Greek like that's mythology lens of- says this is crap. Also, <laughs> yeah, Greek and Greek and how often do you think about ancient Rome, Justin? Not as often as I think but, about ancient Greece, but anyway, fair, uh, fair. But no, something that I mentioned to Justin before we started recording when I was talking about all of these things that I kind of click through and like when I'm asking myself these questions, like, does this line up with history? Would this make sense? Would he agree with these statements if they were coming from, say, a black man who was anti white? Like, this guy is saying that like race is woke, which means it's sinful. Right. Mm -hmm. So would he agree with a a black man saying this, that like white men are all reactionaries and they're just trying to silence everybody and they need to be put in their place by God? Like he wouldn't agree with that. Right. But, you know, we always talk about like impact is more important than like whatever your good intentions may have been. But an impact lens of like, does this cause harm or not? If you're talking to a Christian, I realized uh, right before we start recording, you can just you can just ask them like, is the evidence that comes from this hierarchy that he's so adamant about, like the fruit of the spirit? Like, is that what, is that the result of this thing that you're doing? Cause like, if it is for you, like that's fine, but you don't get to tell me that it is for me. Like you don't get to tell me that I'm experiencing peace and joy with you on top of me. And like having no regard for my humanity whatsoever. Like if you and your wife, whatever that's fine like i i'm fine with that if that brings you joy like if you like your boring missionary sex once every six weeks like go with god don't care Mm -hmm. but when you're talking about the actual impact of these kinds of hierarchies like i said they create safe spaces for sexual assaults so if you're not even willing to acknowledge that, then like you shouldn't have power over people. You're not part of the hierarchy. You go on the bottom now. Yeah. You 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 go into you go into hierarchy jail. Like you're done. Yeah. Like <laughs> hierarchy and, basement. Yeah. So you go to the bottom. And and that's and again, like if we're going to use like the functional result of what he's kind of advocating for is violence. Like mm-hmm. his biblical metaphors are all violent. He his all of his yeah. metaphors involve some kind of violence, removing disease. Like it, it's this very like dehumanizing language. And again, like the I, I reason I think we wanted to focus on this article one is I think it kind of paints this broader picture of how Christian men are socialized to view women and to view women's mm-hmm. power and to view women's autonomy. Like and and to casually treat women as property or as objects like mm-hmm. even even if they're like they will look at our culture and be like oh look at porn it objectifies women but it's like y'all objectify women way more like like yeah. it's like it's yeah and 
in, in in subtle ways and in overt ways. And, and he like kind of goes on here to talk about his type of complementarianism being what he calls natural complementarianism, which is like, essentially like it is self-evident from the Bible and it is self-evident from nature that male headship is, you know, he says male headship in the home is unavoidable. It's not a command, but baseline reality. Like, and it's like, again, you don't get to just define reality based on what you want reality to be. Like, like, uh, you know, like, I'm sorry, this, this, that, and sadly, this isn't the matrix. Like, you don't just get to like, <laughs> believe. Amazing. Oh, the vibes, the vibes. Yeah. So no, like, it, it's, it's, it's not like, yeah, like you said, it, that's not, it's not reality and you don't get to decide what reality is Mm -hmm. and you're actually like announcing your lack of just i don't know like knowledge about the world i guess refusal to to read a book when you're talking this way you know there's like male headship is obvious like again like the nuclear family is is a brand new social construct like brand brand new and it's not a great one and (laughs) and It's it's not great, but it wouldn't. Here's the thing is like it wouldn't the nuclear family wouldn't be possible without capitalism. I I don't know. I I would have to do a little more research to find out about like social like to or to actually look at communism and figure out if this if that would be something that was more sustainable in terms of like nuclear family versus not. But yeah, the nuclear family as it exists right now wouldn't be possible without capitalism and capitalism is not possible without exploitation. Or maybe it is, but that's never happened. So again, like if we're just talking about nature and data, there's never been capitalism without exploitation, but that's the only way for like a nuclear family, like, hey, headship, I'm in charge. I don't have to answer to anybody but God. Like, like that's not, that's not real life. Humans didn't evolve that way. That wouldn't have been possible for people like during Jesus's time. Like people were very communal. They had to depend on each other because there were no social safety nets, Right. If there was no fish, you just didn't eat. Mm-hmm. That's that's all there was, right? So interdependence was essential for survival. So just like the very fact that you're making, like putting these words together and, and announcing to the world that, you know, again, you don't read, that your like analysis is very poor. <laughs> you don't employ a lot of like critical thinking skills in terms of asking yourself, does this apply in every area what places can i look for or not not that what he's failing to do is he's failing to acknowledge the places where what he is saying actually doesn't add up he's just ignoring mm-hmm. that that's what i mean by critical yeah. thinking because i think critical thinking is ugh, but it's weaponized that's what i mean to say but um <laughs> he's refusing yeah. to look at the places that disagree with what he's saying and come to terms with those yeah, he just like putting his fingers reality. in his ears and closing his eyes and being like, la, 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 like this, you know, like reality says men are heads. Like, it's like, that's, <laughs> reality says men are heads, women are tails. Yeah, like that's like, that's like, that's what that's okay. what he's doing. Like, and, and like, because God yeah. says so, you know, like, I mean, there is a passing reference to Christ, I should say, but it's just like, it's just not like it, it just doesn't like it. it uh, there's there's the. And again, like, I'll just say, like, I'll call myself an outlier even like I've never wanted a like, 
like trad wife content. Maybe it's your thing, dear listener. It's not for me. I don't, I don't want a servant. That's I'm not into that. Like I'm not like, no, thank you. Please have opinions, please. You know, like, like that's, that's never been my thing. Like to like, you know, if I mm. wanted to have a relationship with an object, I could find one. Like, but that's not what I'm into. They like, make so it's dolls like for that. Yeah, they make dolls for that. You know, like, so it's just not <laughs> if that's what I wanted. Like, there's AI girlfriends now. Like, so I don't like. There's like, no, I'm just not into that. Just personally, so it's like, are you saying I don't align with reality because just the the <laughs> tastes I was born with, like. I'm not real. Like I like, what is like, what is the, I, I'm, I'm deceived. Like in what ways? Like you're not a real man. Yeah. I'm not ah. a real man. Cause I don't want to uh, help meet like whatever, you know, I don't, I just don't like, <laughs> I, I don't like, and, and again, I know, I know I would, I would probably even say, I know hundreds of men that feel the same way. I know hundreds of women that don't fit these molds or they were forced into these molds for a time in their life. Mm -hmm. And then they realized I don't have to do this anymore. Like, mm -hmm. and so it's again, like you're the reality that these people are saying is objective is one that they are imposing on what actual reality is, which is, which mm -hmm. is far more complex and far more beautiful and far, far more scary and far more difficult to deal with. And so they just choose to not. And, yeah. and that's and that's where it's like, come on, like, I can't even take you seriously. Like, I like I can't like I, I have to take you seriously because so many other people do. And it's these are these are ideas we have to wrestle with and contend with and 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 call out, sadly. But it's it's not it's 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 just vibes. It's just not there's there's when you actually dig into it, it's just smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good times. Think yeah. we should so, uh, think we should send this guy to the basement. Yeah, he time uh, out is for Joe. In, yeah, in Joe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and and to be clear, he has this is his title. He is a fellow of theology. Oh wow, that sounds quite prestigious. At New St. Andrews College. Oh, that sounds prestigious. In Moscow, Idaho. Oh, Home oh, of, that's oh, that's yeah. the that's the that's the thing that that Doug Wilson just pulled out of his ass. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> so there we go. There it is. A lot of titles. So he gets paid to write this. Pulled out of his ass. So for like go. a made up college. <laughs> for a made up college with a made up title, a made up person really like Joseph. This persona <laughs> is made up. Like, I look forward to meeting the real you someday. We've decided. This is not it. You are not real. <laughs> yeah. The baseline self-evident reality is that you are AI at best. Which. <laughs> Incredible. There we go. So thanks, folks, folks for listening in. I, I, I thought about casting, Joe. <laughs> but we're not going to do that. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> casting okay. this fake there person. We go. Uh, but no, we're not going to do that. Thank you so much. And, and I guess if anything, like this shit is stuff we have to deal with, but also like, it's pretty easy to poke holes in and like it only, it thrives on the internet and, and it thrives in Moscow, Idaho, but it doesn't need to thrive in your home or in your heart because it's not real. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah go with god or whatever thing you wish to go with and uh, enjoy your life and we'll see you next week 